0: Welcome back to Lost in Roshar, the ultimate journey through the Stormlight Archive. I'm Christian.
1: And I'm Jimmy. Today we are diving into chapters 34, 35, and 36 of The Way of Kings. And as always, full spoilers ahead for the entire Stormlight Archive series and the novellas. So if you haven't read those yet, we'll see you later. For everyone else, welcome back to Lost in Roshar. Christian, how's it going, my friend? It's going good,
0: man. The clock has struck 12 it is midnight it actually like perfectly on this timing glorious um <laughs> we've had another time change man so it's getting dire this lost in Roshar thing is an international organizational nightmare
1: it is um, it is it is a little rough at the moment uh me <laughs> and christian we're coordinating and we're like oh you set back your clocks oh i did as well and we're like wait we're two more hours apart because we live on yeah. opposite sides of the world and we're like oh my god what have we done <laughs> <laughs> oh, this Yeah, we should have considered these things. So I was just like, you know,
0: Jimmy likes Stormlight. I like Jimmy. Done. Podcast.
1: Oh, that Did part of it is about easy. the
0: planet. Yeah, that part's great. <laughs> um, unfortunately, we're on a giant rock in space spinning and floating. Allegedly. And, uh, <laughs> oh, Jimmy, the flat earther. <laughs> the hollow earther. Oh, the hollow. I haven't heard that one. What's going on there? no are we am not like really a sure. I just um, know that
1: some people think that the earth's hollow. And then like, if you go to Antarctica, you can like walk in and, um, there are people who, uh, also I think, I think Tolkien's middle earth is hollow. I'm pretty sure like it really? has something to do with the hollow earth. There's like a big mythology behind it. I don't actually believe it. It is fascinating though.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I like a good conspiracy theory in, uh, in my stormlight world. But once we get to the real world, I'm the biggest skeptic you'll ever meet. Yeah, same. I mean,
1: actually, I'm I'm yeah. willing to throw in the tinfoil uh, whenever it comes to Shalon and murdering her family. But it's not a, <laughs> it's not something I delve into. You know, I will. Don't get me wrong. I'm not above at 10 p.m. when I'm trying to wind down for bed, throwing on a good old-fashioned YouTube documentary. But. yeah, <laughs> I remember. Um, uh,
0: I must have been a teenager or something. But whenever that like ancient aliens series like when nat geo that was my nyquil
1: for so long
0: (laughs) yeah yeah from like real history to like the aliens did it but there's something like appealing about it as a fantasy fan
1: you're kind of like oh
0: yeah yeah, cool
1: maybe i've always really enjoyed like fantasy series that take place on earth like further in the future where things have regressed and then hearing them talk about our history Hmm. and and like getting things wrong or misinterpreting things so uh, you know, Dying Earth is kind of like the genre of it, and it was created by Jack Vance. And then you have people like Gene Wolfe or uh, the story called Niftheline and all kinds of other fantasy stories that are kind of set in the same idea. But uh, Book of the New Sun by Gene Wolfe has a ton of this kind of stuff. Like, it's so interesting to hear what they think was the, the past. Can you and, hit share like one of the misinterpretations? Uh Yeah. You know what? I will. Uh, And this isn't really a spoiler. It's actually more Mm. of an Easter egg, but you know, it's just like seeing paintings from long ago and not understanding the technology. And uh, one time Severian's looking at what he thinks is a painting, but it's actually a, it's it's like a, it's a picture. And he's like, Oh, this knight in this big armored suit on a desert sand and like this big round helm. I I wonder how that would have worked in combat. And it turns out he's Mm. looking at a picture of the moon landing
0: that is so cool dude it's
1: so cool that is awesome and, and gene like, wolf never tells you like yeah. you have to oh. figure it out so like i read that and i was like oh that's interesting and then i as i realized <laughs> that this is our world and i hear people talking about oh my god that was the moon landing he was looking at a jpeg of oh, the oh my gosh <laughs> that, that, is crazy? Sick. that is awesome <laughs> i love that stuff dude
0: yeah me too it's reminding me of another series you and i both love um with a with a photograph that is interpreted as a painting um, <laughs> I'm trying to. I don't know how to telegraph
1: this to you silently. <laughs> but, I'm uh, trying to <laughs> piece it together. Yeah. Oh my! Okay, never mind. Yeah. I got it. Okay, yeah, you beautiful. Yeah. we well, you know, I'm, yeah, ro- wearing this t-shirt, <laughs> dude. Roshar kind of has this, right? Though, like the false, Ooh. the false history, like the history oh, that yeah. they think they have, and we and we actually see a lot of this whenever we're we're talking about like Gavilar and the Shalon chapter today, uh, and. You know, just listening to Gavlar talk about these <sighs> native people, even though we don't think they're native uh to Roshar at this point in the story. Uh it, I think Roshar has a little bit of that. It's like in universe.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's definitely a bunch of misinterpretations going on, but at least they seem somewhat aware
1: they're that's like, true. And Hey, man, this also has kind of the Dying Earth vibe because they killed their planet and had to leave. So it's oh, like, straight up. It's cool, dude. Uh, that That's probably my favorite thing about this entire story, though, honestly, is like the history and then the the transplanting from a dying planet over. It's just like a lot of the things mm. that I like about fantasy and sci-fi.
0: And Shadesmar for me was mm-hmm. bloody great. Just the parallel universe thing going on. Yeah, I a
1: little bit that. metaphysical like that. That's yeah. really interesting to have in world. Uh, metaphysics
0: yeah 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 just see like sometimes there's there's pros and cons to sanderson's like scientific approach to magic um whenever we get to the nitty-gritty it can sometimes alienate me but just the logic that a lot of this happens in another realm and then it manifests in the physical world i love that that's that's very cool to me
1: yeah. And he slowly introduces the the, the metaphysical side of Shades, Mars, because like we get like the physics stuff like we see. I think it's in this book where we see someone start running like a light experiments for like a wave versus a particle, essentially. And it, like it's like textbook uh, physics that you learn. Is this
0: the f- the flame spurned couple? I
1: Yes, that's yeah, right. It, that and it's interlude. in this book, I believe. I think it's in the yeah. next set of interludes. And that's when I, I remember when I was reading it back, in, uh, you know, whenever it was years mm-hmm. ago, I was like, oh dude like yeah. it was so cool <laughs> and then once you get the shades Mar then you started to get into metaphysics right like some of this more abstract stuff so like you know like of of cause and identity and even time and the land yeah. which you stand on is opposite like there's a lot of that stuff about you know about to take place when you walk into shades Mar so it's just like I love how they're separated but they really do inform one another mm. I think it I think it makes a, a really fantastic role. Like when I talk about the series on that level, I think that's whenever I start to get that that itch, that little bit of a, a tickle, if you would, if you will. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and you, you've obviously had the itch because today's update is that uh, folks, Christian posted a video. He posted oh, a, a full blown <laughs> cinematic video. And, and I'd it. love for you to tell the people who maybe are audio only uh, what you put up on your YouTube channel.
0: I'm curious, actually, I'd love to hear if you are an audio only person somehow, if you can figure out a way to contact us, I guess through email, because I feel like everyone would have, is a viewer, but I, that'd be, that'd be cool. Um, yeah, I finally did a video, dude, and I address it within the video being like, dude, I can't make, I suck at uploading videos. Um, I've been working on them. Like I've literally got three big Stormlight videos in the works, but they're getting too big. And I was like, how do I, how do I face this issue? I want to talk about it. I want to put up a video, but I have this, I have this feeling like I have to solve the bloody Cosmere before I can click upload. So (laughs) my new idea is to just, it's just um, sprinkling out those, those weird theories that I've never quite like gotten to the bottom of. And I'm letting, letting the viewers kind of give me the thumbs up or thumbs down or like running with it. So I had this theory about um, the chapter title, a highway to the sun. It's coming up. It's coming up in our, in our reread. And I'm just convinced that a highway to the sun is referring to the clouds and shades that are always pointed at the sun on the horizon. I'm like 100% wow. convinced of this. So I have got a bit of evidence. I've got a few mysterious things. Go watch the video. and will see if I've convinced you there. But there's one big <laughs> there's one big problem because <laughs> I was like, Portraying all this evidence, getting all excited. um But then the phrase highway to the sun is used in the chapter. Like Dal and I was looking at a castle and he's like, oh, it's like a highway to the sun. But I'm like, yeah, I don't think so. I think it's, I still think the chapter title is
1: about the clouds. So we'll
0: see. I mean, we've talked a
1: lot about the sun uh, in this podcast. Oh, okay. and a lo- there's a lot of, it's <laughs> a lot uh, of uh, alluding to that something's going to happen with the sun, which we've been harping on forever now. But Uh, maybe it's all related
0: because he uses chapter titles he's a cheeky lad sanderson because there's the death rattle about um that turns out to be shalan and kaladin coming out of the chasm um and it describes that moment and then it says and i know that i have seen true glory and then you go to the chapter of shalan and kaladin leaving the chasm and it's called true glory sound like these chapter titles are so important for theory glory
1: and honor maybe
0: yeah, I don't know, dude, but hmm. when I, when I searched, this is like, this is why videos are fun. Cause like I can really portray this theory well in a well-crafted video. <laughs> and as I ramble <laughs> here, I sound kind of mad, but when I, when I searched up highway on the eBooks, it's only mentioned like a handful of times and he does describe the, um, the clouds like a highway. So that's all I'm saying.
1: Are we going to have like a space road? And Stormlight 10. Ooh, yeah, I'm saying yes.
0: Let's just say yes and roll <laughs> with that.
1: <laughs> well, folks, if uh, if you haven't uh, went and checked out the video, it's all over on the Lost in Discovery, not Lost in Roshar YouTube. It's called Lost in Discovery, which is Christian's channel. We do upload all these videos as well there uh, where you can leave comments below because YouTube has that all built in, which is nice. Uh, the video is called The Secret of Shades Mars Stormlight Archive Theory Workshop. It's about 13, 14 minutes long.
0: Yeah, Uh, I kept it pretty tight.
1: Yeah, and people seem to be pretty excited. and If if somehow you've never seen one of Christian's videos, I mean, they really are impressive. Um, You know, Christian has an actual talent for filmmaking and an eye for this thing, uh, you know, that I am very envious of because uh, I don't at all. Uh, (laughs) So if you just enjoy watching well put together videos at all, plus Stormlight, I mean, I couldn't imagine a better place to go. Uh, Thanks, man. That's really
0: kind. And you know what? It was the most bloody painful process because i like i I, i'm really strapped for time and i was getting mad i'm like you know what i'm making a video i sat down i filmed it and then i had to go cook dinner i was like i'm gonna cook my dinner i'm gonna eat this dinner and i'm gonna sit down and edit i input all the footage as if anyone's made a video lighting is an absolute pain when you're shooting with a camera depending on your frame rate you can get banding i don't know if you've ever had that before oh yeah but I had all these bands across my face. And I'm just like, bloody hell. And at that point I could have just scanned it, but you know what? I sat down, I did the whole thing all over again. Then the audio didn't work. and I, so I was so mad, dude. And I had to do it a third time. And then I edited that night. I got about halfway, woke up at 5am the next day, finished it, uploaded it that morning. And it's like such a pain. Um, but I'm so glad I did it. Cause it's like, I've broken that, um, barrier of being stuck for, for like six months on producing anything so yeah it feels good
1: would you say you can relate a little bit to george r, r. martin <laughs> someone commented that they're like oh this lad's got the rothfuss syndrome and i was like <laughs> "Well, you wrong. haven't scammed anyone out of uh their money so you're you're not you're not rothfuss uh, just keep just keep paying me guys videos are coming yeah. yeah christian will release a chapter
0: uh yeah what was that he like promised a chapter right for was, a charity it's, event it's, or a, something? it's a it's a whole mess. thing it's okay
1: it's not <laughs> we good it. i can tell you that uh you know hey, man, and then meanwhile... got
0: those cookbooks coming out oh my god <laughs> oh my god <laughs> <laughs> who needs the winds of winter when you got the game of thrones cookbook you, you know rub, you
1: even have to rub it in
0: it, yeah <laughs> hey, dude i was cooking dinner that night thinking i wish i had that cookbook i want to make one of hot pies you know pastries
1: <laughs> the big old bowl of brown oh yeah bowl of brown is that in there it is and it's in the the other cookbook that they already oh, this too great yeah I, I i have the first one uh yeah <laughs> i'm uh, the problem I'm yeah. the problem. <laughs>
0: man where's the rosarian cookbook like crabs and it would just be crabs yeah, Those really. Endless lobster and crab recipes, probably.
1: I want to have a drug cookbook with Teft. <laughs>
0: oh, jeez. The, t- <laughs> the controversial Teft takes n- <laughs> never
1: end. <laughs> uh, I was just going to go off, but I, I won't. <laughs> I'll be respectful. Teft with his fire moss. Leave him alone, mate. Oh, God. <laughs> cry, baby. All right. So <laughs> I guess uh, we don't really have any Sanderson updates other than the fact that apparently. Uh, and what I don't have the numbers man? but well apparently the book is absolutely ridiculous i think it's somewhat like it's over four hundred thousand words and he hasn't written the interludes yet yeah i saw that that is what did that that book isn't even be know how I get a bind bounds of bound, a binding dude
0: yeah it's i mean in the, in the uk and australia they come out they well they eventually come out in two volumes um but we usually get on the initial release we get one big tome but i think they're gonna have to start with two books well
1: i'm right. so curious because there is a limit on what like in the u.s of what publishers will accept and he's mm. i'm telling you he's like he's bucking up against that now i know there's gonna be someone out there who's like actually uh oathbringer is uh, exactly this <laughs> many words this many whatever but i'm pretty sure oathbringer at the time pushed like it was the limit like they were like, this is really this is as much as we can do. The mass market paperback in America is one of the most ridiculous things I've ever seen. It is prints it? text all the way to the top of the page. Like there are no oh margins. My like, gosh, it's a miserable reading. That's crazy. Mass market paperback. Um, so I'm just very curious. What if he mm. and, and I know people are going to be like, no, I, this is why I won't have him. But just play with me here. This is a little thought experiment. But what if he went to the printer at Tor and they were like, no, two it has to be two and then all of a sudden Stormlight's its 11 book series i feel like i would be upset because like 10 is such there's a no good way. number
0: there's no way he'd do that he'd transform into the bold ceo sanderson and be like
1: we're, we're doing dragon it. steel we'll do it live
0: <laughs> we need to revolutionize
1: binding you know <laughs> and he'd make it happen <laughs> order from oh. dragon steel and you can get your rock cooking sticker or, or whatever else Dude, i order.
0: remember when rhythm of war arrived in the mail it was like the, the the biggest book I've ever bloody seen in my life. And I was just so happy. They're massive, um, dude. They're huge. They're ridiculous. But it's like, it's kind of a bragging, right? You know, Mistborn Era 2 looking like the, the weak kids on the block. That's all I'm saying. Looking approachable. These Stormlight books. Yeah, <laughs> looking real approachable. <laughs> Yet I'm drawn towards Stormlight like no other book. You know what? I'm going to say it as as good as the spines look. The UK covers for Stormlight are just so lackluster. Oh, There's compared so to the way they're yeah. Oh, dude, and they're just like, like it's like Shallan with a spear for Rhythm of War. What? What is that? Like,
1: yeah, what is going on? Yeah, you guys got, you guys got the, so into that deal. Because whenever I saw Rhythm of War the rhythm of war standard hardback when it was in barnes and noble looked like a special edition like that's how good yeah yeah
0: Yeah, it's amazing i want i would love those editions oh Oh, man
1: i can't wait to crack open uh (laughs) words of radiance and Oathbringer and stuff like when we get into it because like i actually just love the stuff that he includes like on the covers and then on the inside it's gonna be yeah
0: you know the thing is that um I'll reread. I wonder when we'll get to it because the leather bound's twenty twenty four for for words of radiance.
1: Bro, I, you know what makes me upset is that I well, probably won't be alive to get the leather bound book ten. <laughs> so like I'll be dead. It's you and me both. Yeah, you and me both. I'll be dead, and I won't be able to complete my my set. You know, and I'm <laughs> my my poor grandchildren and be like, wow, he gave Dude, me an that's un-complete true. We never thought about the leather bound issue. It's, it's a problem. I'm
0: gonna um let's say I'm let's say I make it a few years longer than you. I'll I'll come to the funeral with the tenth leather bag. Put it in. The <laughs> yeah, it's got I'll
1: really gracefully dark. place it. It's Jimmy got Storm blessed. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, oh, that's I, beautiful. I appreciate it. I mean, I imagine my yeah. gambling debts will be so intense at at this point that you're probably gonna have to <laughs> pay the bookie that's overseeing the entire event. <laughs> uh, <laughs> place your bits now ladies
0: and gentlemen will he make it we'll see <laughs> um oh, okay. speaking of making it through tough times that's gonna yeah be my segue
1: yeah these chapters huh? it?
0: yeah damn the book just was well, like you know what let's get let's let's take this to the next level let's let's get interesting here
1: yeah, I feel like uh, this is the turning point in the book. And me and Christian were actually talking before we started recording. You know, this is chapters 34, 35 and 36. The first two are Kaladin chapters. And the reason why we're doing three chapters is because chapter 34 is extremely small. And it's just a bit a bit wild to think that Sanderson felt. I'm, I'm sorry, I think it was chapter 35 that's short. Yeah, chapter 35. Uh, they're both relatively short. But anyways, yeah. they could have been one chapter. And we were wondering why. We keep seeing these super short chapters as we go through and outside of just like pacing of for a book, you know, that that chapters can help with. I think this is a a very metaphorical break because Mm. the Kaladin stormbus we see in Stormwall and then the one we see in thirty five, a light by which to see. Is two different people, uh. I mean, of course, it's the same body, but Kaladin will never be the no. same after Chapter 34. The second and I, one
0: is a Kremlin Kaladin, but I think that's what you're trying to that, say.
1: That is exactly <laughs> what I'm trying to say. He's made of all Kremlin. There but, we
0: go. Just spit it out, will you, Jimmy? Come on. I imagine Sanderson
1: <laughs> looked at this and said, you know what? We need Kremlin humans that's yeah. what
0: we need yeah no sorry go on you're doing great <laughs> i was just
1: saying chapter 34 i think sanderson made it its own chapter because he wants to say in chapter 34 of the way of kings kaladin became something else he th- mm. this is the last time we will see kaladin as he was prior and there's going to be a lot of significance to this chapter as we go on and whatever happens in book five all the way up to book ten i think that we'll be able to look back at stormwall chapter 34 and be like yeah that was that was the moment mm. where, when something changed uh because there, there, there's a lot of weird stuff uh in these first two chapters. So I guess we'll go through chapter 34 first. Um yeah. which does have an epigraph. And it's it's pretty simple. It says I walked from Alabama a- bar. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say Alabama. I walked yeah. from Alabama to Eritrea. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this quote from the eighth parable <laughs> of the Way of Kings <laughs> seems the kind of thing. <laughs> I broke Christian. A <laughs> uh, while from Alabama? I went down uh, there from Mobile, all over oh to the, oh and, and they didn't have no Piggly Wiggly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> when you said <laughs> a Bama bar to it sounds like a pub crawl. He's just like the, <laughs> the first bar, and off he goes. <laughs>
1: Oh, my gosh, No, <laughs> this quote from the Eighth Parable of the Way of Kings seems to contradict Varala and Symbian, who both claim the city was inaccessible by foot. Perhaps there was a way constructed or perhaps nah- uh, Nahodon, I think, uh, was being metaphorical. Of course, we know that there is a portal gateway type, mm. type deal. Uh, but interesting, Erethiru is being mentioned. At this point, I, right? Well, yeah. I mean,
0: I yeah, we're still in the part where it's Yasna's notebook, and that's what she's trying to find. So, th- and these are great, especially the next one, which I'm excited to talk about. Oh, I got yeah, I got some stuff to say. Oh, oh stuff. yeah, yeah. So this one is curious because, like, is there an oath Gate in this? Because, like, I feel like you wouldn't say I walked from Alabama to Ethereum <laughs> <laughs> without having actually done it. You know, if there's a so there's a portal. You're talking a bit of nonsense. So... Mm-hmm. But, like, looking into that location, there's, like, nothing else about it. So... I don't know what to make of it. Part of my brain wants to
1: make more of it, but I can't. What do you got? I mean, is there a chance, possibly, that it, there's something else other than gateways? Oh. Like, a, a, a device that someone could carry <sighs> that could portal them?
0: That could be cool. I'd like it to be something other than an earth gate.
1: Yeah, sure. I, I actually... I'm going to go and be extreme and say, I I don't know if this is about an Earthgate. I think, yeah. you know, we're talking about lost history and we don't oh, know yeah. how advanced things were at one point. You know what I'm saying? Like maybe there was... Some maybe it's using device. that
0: cloud highway, mate. How about there that? There it is. <laughs> um, interesting. Interesting for sure. Um, I mean, yeah, the real juice is in the next one, but I suppose we get into this chapter. Now, when I, like, as I said... I'm a busy I'm a busy guy so these <laughs> unfortunately this is so sad this is what my life is at now but chapter 34 and 35 I listened to while I was bloody vacuuming so <laughs> I really felt like I was in the high storm mate I really <laughs> went to that extra effort I, Michael Kramer was like making my ears bleed I had to turn it up so loud um this one is it's 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 the lead up now but, but what I'm trying to say is I didn't highlight things. So, I'm curious to see. Did you highlight any lines in this chapter? Because I did audio.
1: I mean, honestly, uh, I I imagine there is quite a bit of stuff in here that we could extrapolate on. But the only thing that I found to be very significant uh, was, and and for people who are just listening and and aren't rereading with this, this is when Kaladin basically gains consciousness to find himself upside down by his ankles outside of the barrack, and he is going to be put up in the high storm. He finds out that uh, Lamro has been executed, and the Light Eyes are taking. Uh, the brunt of his mistake, and he understands everything that he's cost the army, and mm. and all of this good stuff, right? And also, Teft gives him a dun sphere as a kind of lucky charm before the three retreat to the barracks. The stormwall arrives, and that's kind of this chapter. But there's a piece of it where Syl, it says Sil was silent for a moment. Do you want to be a miracle? Kaladin says, "No, but for them, I will be." Hmm. And I think that's Kaladin. Yeah. That's his whole yeah. arc. Uh yeah, is so right. The, the regretful hero. Uh, you know, or or I don't even know if the regretful is the word, but like he is doing things that he maybe doesn't even feel like he's capable of, but he has to do it because he feels a responsibility to the people around him to inspire. Hmm. Um how how nice of him how how how, how righteous of <laughs> yeah. you know
0: what if i have got to be a miracle i'll do it you know, yeah if
1: people want it you know <laughs> you got to do it for the culture it, yeah. it just <laughs> we got to do it uh the only other thing i thought that was really significant in here and i don't think it's actually anything though is so remarks that she feels cold um which i i thought was interesting i is don't it, know is it because he's near death it could it's because be. the air pressure's dropping. <laughs> Actually, when a storm's approaching, um
0: yeah, no, maybe it's because he's near dying. Um am I
1: remembering incorrectly, but there was something about lying in here. She Yeah. Yeah. Because it's right after that. She's like, I'm cold. And uh he says, You can feel temperature? No, not usually. I can now. I don't understand, and I I don't like it. It'll be all right. You shouldn't lie. Sometimes it's all right to lie still. Is this one of those times? He blinked, trying to ignore his wounds, the pressure in his head, trying to clear his mind. He failed on all accounts. Yes, he whispered. And then she says, I think I understand.
0: Hmm. Ooh. So hearing you read it, it's a bit more effective than Michael Kramer. I, yeah, I'm maybe than Michael Kramer. Maybe it was the vacuum blasting. <laughs> the Dirt <laughs> the Devil got you. <laughs> <laughs> the Devil. Yeah. Um, that's interesting because cold can be taken a few ways. Cause like when you first said it, I was like, Oh yeah, it's cause he's like going to die and she's, she's losing the bond. But then as we talked, as you spoke more, I'm like, no, no, the bond is getting stronger. So she's feeling more of the physical world around her. Mm-hmm. Um, And we know it's going to get real strong because daddy Stormfather's is about to show up. And when you re- talked about the summary, do you think that if Teft ha- hadn't given this fear, Kaladin would have died? Yes, do you think so? Do you think there's maybe nothing not. more to it? I don't. Oh, I don't. I don't know. I'm just like
1: and no. That's I, I like that. that. That's kind of that's kind of a. I mean, it's certainly significant that the Dun Sphere is. You know what I mean? Like given to him. The, the, yeah, I mean the stone puzzle lights it up. Yeah. Like so GoPro. honestly, maybe maybe so. Tef might have saved his life there.
0: Hmm. I guess it's like how much stake you want to put into Kaladin as the Chosen One, sort of. Thing and I know the whole. I know, like oh, every sure time I talk about mad. this, everyone tells me like he's not a chosen one. And I, I I get it. I mean, I certainly felt like this when I when he survived the storm when I first read it, and I, and I had no idea. It,
1: I will say this. So whenever mm. I did my review and I said, you know, Kaladin feels like a chosen one, of people like he, Sanderson actually said it's like I haven't watched every Sanderson interview, guys. <laughs> and, and and for this dude to survive what Sanderson has built up as un, almost unsurvivable, right? Yeah. Like, how do you not feel like he's I'm I'm talking about at this point. point, Yeah. yeah, At this point, the story as a first time reader, it is not absurd to think the Kaladin would be a chosen one. You know what I'm saying? Like, so when people like kind of buck back against that, when people are reading Mm. through the first time, I'm like, guys, let them like, even if he's not, let them think that. Yeah.
0: Let them feel it because it still feels good.
1: Yeah. And also it makes whenever like other people start swearing their oaths, you're like, well, what? You know what I mean? Like like you got to let like let Sanders Sanderson is playing with these things. So if Kaladin doesn't end up being just truly significant, which again, I still believe that he's more significant than just being some random dude. I I, I, I just don't see that. Uh, And I mean, there might be some evidence of that in the next chapter, Uh, but. You know, let Sanderson play with these things and play with our expectations for first-time readers. I just see a lot of people when they're seeing someone go through the first time and they say that they jump on, you know, oh, no, no, no. Sanderson's actually told us he's not the chosen. It's like, well, let them come to that conclusion.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree um, to build just to add more to the chapter discussion now that I'm like kind of it's all coming back to me, getting a vision, <laughs> mate, a big face just appeared oh in front of me and smiled. <laughs> <laughs> um, I really, I really love the um, sort of final parting moments with uh, Rock and Taft and Moash. Um, I don't know; it just felt very. It's just the setup for this is just well done. You know, when S- Sanderson, like, he's he's a master craftsman with his stories, and even when some things feel, uh, I don't want to say predictable, but like, like tr- tropey. I don't know what the yeah, word is. Yeah, typically. Uh, yeah typical but it's like he knows how to do it really well and just like this final moment mm-hmm. with those three and then teft going off sort of mumbling to himself that he's a coward i don't know I just i was just like this is great i like lo- because i know something crazy is about to go down yeah you know?
1: sometimes uh you know I, and predictable maybe not be the right word for this entire scene but like mm. predictable elements of stories are not bad things like people are like oh I i predicted this would happen and it's like well that means that it made sense and that there's a logical way of getting there. Yeah. And, you know, just like anything else in the craft, of storytelling tropes can be used extremely effective, like effectively. It, 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 they can be done well, just as things that are predictable can be done well. And I, I do think Sanderson takes these things that, you know, it could be an obvious next step for kind of like maybe a cliche, but he's able to do it in a way that is still very uh, worthy of being on page.
0: Yeah. Did you see? um Well, I got real excited actually to throw in some Sanderson news. Did you hear what he said about the action scene he
1: just wrote? He says the best action scene he's ever written.
0: (laughs) That's got me so hyped because like if if there's something that nobody will dispute is his action.
1: Spoilers, bro. Yeah. (laughs) I can't believe there's an action scene.
0: (laughs) Oh, see, I was expecting a real cerebral like (laughs) sort of just like a half a million word therapy session with Kaladin yeah um, but but okay there's action all right sanderson no but seriously no one like even people who are lukewarm on him everyone knows the fight scenes are absolute bangers so mm-hmm. to say it's his best do you think it's the contest of champions yeah or do you think it's like another nah, scene? It's,
1: it's, it's the contest of champions okay but...
0: what if the contest of champions is just like someone just gets
1: beheaded and then we move on yeah. Uh, i would actually welcome that <laughs> version and then the aftermath of it being the battle that that's possible mm. the champion battle is extremely brief and and maybe uh, maybe anticlimactic at, at some point and then like afterwards is the big fallout from it that causes like you know a big battle maybe that that would be it that could be cool
0: yeah i well i imagine like yeah stuff's going down after it which would be very cool I don't know if I, this was an, a span read or this is me thinking now there might be a bit of span read playing into this. But some uh, at least somebody emailed uh, saying, like, what the heck is the book six to ten prologue going to be? We still going to be at this feast or something else? That's a- <laughs> yeah, right. Man, that's a good question. But like, what if it's, uh, I don't know if they said this or I'm thinking this, so sorry if I'm taking the credit for something, but, um, what if it's the contest of champions and we get like a different
1: perspective of that? I Uh, I think that that could very well, like maybe there's a lot of mystery around the contest of champions. Um, what if the mad lad does it off screen? No, I'm just kidding. He won't. He better not. (laughs) He's like, (laughs) (laughs) the two champions just square up and he goes nine months later i'd be i'd be i mean it's not gonna happen so i'm not gonna i'm not gonna yeah. mentally process the disappointment yeah, because it's not gonna happen <laughs> it can't happen no i won't accept it i'm in denial <laughs> but yeah uh that that, that that it's just an interesting question in general right like i i kind of hope we don't go back to the feast can, the
0: can you imagine it's like the waiter you know just doing his daily <laughs> job like oh i bought another glass of wine for all oh, this bloke's a i mean
1: there also could be a new (laughs) historical event revealed in book five that is significant and then we get flashbacks to that right
0: yeah it needs i mean i'm sure it's still going to be the perspective gimmick it's just a matter of what
1: what if there are no prologues
0: no you can't have like a fantasy book without it's just it's just
1: epilogues he's
0: just well he's done both no you can't no I, I, these words are not accepted Jimmy
1: <laughs> these words are not accepted I need mean, like, my prologue you just yeah. want it for material for your yeah, YouTube channel like, that's all this what is what else am
0: I going to talk about Talking about that prologue for like three years
1: let, let the man cut the prologue <laughs> he's worked hard enough
0: oh it's bloody Sanderson you can't please them all you really um, a light by which to see though I because like the, the person the, the theorist in me wants to make more of that because if you take it literally just jumping into this chapter why not stormfather gives him like he shows off with a big smile on his face which is odd to me because he's like never (laughs) smiling um (laughs) i'm gonna go into that later like why the hell is he smiling anyway he lights up the gemstone um a
1: light by which to see, though. What kind of sight are we talking about? You know? Oh man, I mean, I you know you start going in. But by the way, folks, this is chapter thirty-five. Um, yeah. This a light by which to see, which is S E E, not uh, i immediately also thought about like, what if there's like a C? You know, it actually means the other C, but I don't mm. think that matters really. No. Um, a light by which to see is Kaladin That light. Is 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 that kind of where he's going with it, because or everything like, about the the does sphere?
0: He, sorry, like it sounds like I haven't read these properly. I I promise I was listening, <laughs> but like, does he use it to 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 see like around him at any point? I don't remember that being like. I, my brain's going like he's seeing the storm father, like the light. Whatever this experience is, has taken him into some other realm. Like I'm pretty sure all these like moments with um the storm father happen in spiritual realm or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well because and maybe an in world. this moment,
1: maybe in this moment he does become more than man. Right? Like maybe yeah. maybe this is where some of this honor stuff comes in. So <clears throat> let's read the epilogue. Yeah. Or I'm sorry, the epigraph. Yeah. Uh through many or I'm sorry, though many wished Thero to be built in Alabama. Um, like Ele- <laughs> <laughs> Ele- this is Ele- the new name, this is yeah, the new name, would. I- uh- <laughs> <laughs> okay. So though many, <laughs> wished era to be built and Alethella, it was obvious that it could not be. And so it was that we asked for it to be, uh, placed westward in the place nearest to honor. Oh, what is it? Yeah. Right. What the hell? Honor caledon chapter storm father folks put confirmed. it all together it's gonna <laughs>
0: Con- yeah. be i don't know what we're, we're confirming oh yeah he's gonna become one gotcha he's gonna it's- go to alabama and
1: <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's gonna roll tide uh hey, i'm telling you man this is uh this is what i i, I saw honor in there and then westward and you know, i'm also thinking like how do they know it's nearest to honor like really and then kaladin chapter a light by which you see i feel like there's so many signs pointing to kaladin becoming honor yeah
0: i'm gonna i mean one of the videos i have <laughs> that's like never ending is the son of tanavast video i'm gonna chuck this in there's more evidence um okay a few questions i have here people are people are weighing in on where to build Theory. And we had this whole thing of like who built it because it's not built by any man, supposedly. Yeah. And we we
1: talked so about spaceship. They, right. So, who are they
0: asking to build it? Dang. Well, I mean, they wished for it to build, but it's obviously couldn't build it in LFL, but why? Who knows why? Um, it was obvious, apparently. Oh, obviously, we can't build it there. It why? It
1: was that it could not be. And so it was that we asked. For it to be placed, place not built. Yeah, yeah, placed. Yeah, this is real weird. This but is it, really it weird. says though many wish Irothir to be built, in Alathala. Ah. I mean, place. <laughs> so I mean, built is being used here. Yeah. Okay. And then you have placed. So I just Westward. Place nearest to honor.
0: That is odd to me
1: mm-hmm.
0: because th- <sighs> what does it mean to be near honor? You know, because, like, obviously, there's Tanavas, the dude who is Honor. Mm-hmm. Was he just chilling with everyone at the time? Like, he, he lives in the West. Put it near
1: him. But that just feels wrong. So, yeah, dude. I, I I feel like that. I mean, and this is one of those things, like, maybe we're fixating too much on, on it. But it just feels like this chapter is so important. That like Sanderson was like, I'll just throw a nice little honor upper graph up there and we'll be done. I mean, if you look all the way west, right? You have the endless ocean. You go past um, Azir uh, all the way over to Shinovar, really. I mean, it's about the thing most west other than is that Amia? The, you know, the Australia. yeah. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, There's a really good um, interactive
0: map of Roshar.
1: I'm just looking um, here on inkwing.com. Uh, uh,
0: well, the 17th shot is a freaking awesome interactive map. And the coolest thing is you can tick which books you've read to avoid spoilers. And they've got a timeline that highlights different locations. Um, yeah. I'm going to link it to you. Cause it's so cool. i um, I'm going to actually pull up where your theory is exactly. I need to know. I need to know.
1: Um, Well, I'm also one of these people who take everything way too far. So like when you go all the way west (laughs) and you go past Shin, uh, and all this stuff, you get actually wrapped back around to Dawn Shadow that's on supposedly the east the way that it's been mapped out. And remember, this map was created by the people who are in this world. Hmm. So who's to say that to some people that Dawn Shadow couldn't have maybe been west? I mean.
0: Uru theory is kind of like yes it's more westward but it's like pretty pretty center like it's 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 quite central to the continent of Roshar. my other question is is there is,
1: uh, is there another continent on this planet or are we just assuming this that, is it that's what i'm trying to say is like this map is made by people who don't have all the context so like there's absolutely mm. a possibility that this map is not complete yeah
0: Oh, this is a whole different rabbit hole that we could go down into. Yeah. yeah.
1: It's something we should consider.
0: Yeah. Erythere is just one of those great mis- mysteries, to be honest. Like, how it was built, why it was placed there, what does it mean to be close to honor? Ooh, I mean, each, each. Uh, I'm fairly sure each shard has their own, um, what do they call it? Perpendicularity, which is like just basically like a little place where you dip into the into shades Shadesmar, maybe his mom was here or something. Um, but alas, the the people of days gone by had a greater understanding of all this stuff mm-hmm. than us and the <laughs> and the current
1: people in the books. Maybe that's what the prologues will be for through six through ten is the building of Irorithiru. Ooh yeah, because at least for me,
0: the. The prologue thing needs to be like an explosive event.
1: Oh, what They've, if it's, what if it's them leaving their old planet?
0: Oh, that, okay. That would be sick.
1: Ah, yes. uh, that might that's be it.
0: That might be it. Well, I think that's like when, when we get the Heralds as the backstory
1: characters, surely that's it. Like that's what their backstory is. Them leaving that planet. Cause they're all from there. That's it feels like there. that, that would make sense. But is yeah. it, it might be, you know, it's hard to say without all the context of the first five books, right? Like, we I think could we'll also good another good contender is
0: probably the Recreants, where the um, Radiance abandoned their oaths Ooh. and like abandoned all their plate and blade. Yeah, which, by the way, is the cha- is like that's the vision are seeing in the chapter called A Highway to the Sun. So I was like trying to connect the Recreants to these um, clouds anyway Mm. anyway that's that's something we should we should do a poll actually if i'm i kind of miss the weekly polls maybe our poll could be on what do you think uh six to ten will be yeah 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 yeah, i like it a lot let's do it um (laughs) being a spaceship is definitely an option
1: yes the (laughs) crash it's it's the moments before they crash into roshar be great So so 35, I mean, yeah, I mean, essentially 35, you know, Kaladin uh, flings himself around presses. Uh, the storm presses him against the side of a when he screams the coldness of the storm courses into his mouth. He clutches the spear as if his life depends on it still stays by his side and tells him to grab the roof. He does and comes to lay on the roof for the, uh, more grip. He snatches the ring where his ropes are tied and fights against being cast down by the high storm. Always cl- uh, always clutching the spear through all, all of this. And then in a brief moment, uh, he sees sil standing before him as if trying to hold back the storm. His grip grows numb, and he's flung about again. He sees a brief vision of an enormous face. Kaladin feels a deep chill running through his body. He looks at the spheres now growing brightly. He falls unconscious. And then afterwards, we see Teft come in, realizing he survived. Body's in terrible shape. He tells him to get down. Uh, Teft sees Kaladin dropping the sphere, and it is done. And then at the very end, he glanced back at Kaladin and spoke much more softly. And you better survive, son, because I want some answers uh (laughs) man and it's probably just the air pressure but in the storm being cold but a lot of like chill cold feelings you know how still felt cold before very interesting
0: yeah perhaps it's the presence of the the storm father that's uh activating her a little bit the um Mm -hmm. there's a lot of curious little things firstly i found it curious that i didn't remember this how she could like hold back The the storm I guess that's just, I I wonder what that's about. Cause she, she, this is the problem. Like a lot of these little minute details, it's like, that's the stuff you forget after reading a series a few years ago. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, is this, (laughs) I I genuinely can't remember if this is like a thing she can do, (laughs) but I I know she's definitely got a connection to the Stormfather. She, he's always refers to her as uh, his daughter, one of the first or the first spren he made um after honor died I, f- I think is how that worked um so obviously she's got some sort of connection there that maybe she can push him back a little mm-hmm. um anyway i sent you that cool that cool artwork of it it looks yeah it looks amazing I, I found an awesome artwork for this chapter by um bren saxton you should look it up um if you look up a light by which to see artwork you'll see an incredible Depiction of uh this moment looks it's exactly how I was picturing it. Um but for me, dude, the weirdest thing is why why the hell is the stormfather smiling? <laughs> I don't know, dude. He's like such a serious guy, this whole series. And the smiles.
1: Well, that's because this me. is the real Stormfather, and the one that Dalinar talks to is the fake Storm. He's the AI projection. Oh this is the obvious sign that they're two different people dude you can't just be dropping knowledge on me that nonchalantly well i think it's obvious at this point no i'm just kidding <laughs> just actual arrogant about it i mean yeah i mean it is a good question though like i mean it is very different from pretty much any other time that we see him um why would he maybe he's just happy to see tanavast again oh or, or his son wink yeah. wink all right i'm okay. gonna read
0: it let's see what we make of it okay In that darkness, an enormous face appeared just in front of his. A face of blackness, yet faintly traced in the dark. It was wide, the breadth of a massive thunderhead, and extended far to either side, yet it was somehow still visible to Kaladin. Inhuman. Smiling. Kaladin felt a deep chill. A rolling prickle of ice scurry down his spine and through his entire body. The sphere suddenly burst to life in his hand, flaring with a sapphire glow. It illuminated the stone roof beneath him making his fist blaze with blue fire his shirt was in tatters his skin lacerated he looked down at himself shocked then looked up at the face it was gone there was only darkness this is weird as hell man oh know. yeah this is this is i want to pick this apart so it's the storm father i guess that's what we're gathering here there's no real refuting that.
1: No, nah, I mean, I, as far as we know, it's a storm Stormfather, yeah.
0: Yeah. So in my mind, when we are talking earlier, I'm like, oh yeah, the sphere got lit up with stormlight and that's why he survived. Um, but this, like, he gets this chill and it goes through his spine and body and then the sphere explodes. Is is that just like a, a, uh, a huge amount of stormlight surging through him?
1: Yes, I think or,
0: so. But then but then his fist explodes in blue fire, which is that just Kaladin not knowing that it's Stormlight and being like, oh, it's fire? Or... Because it says his shirt was in as his skin lacerated. Is that from what the Stormfather just did, or is that just from the storm?
1: I, I would say it's from the storm, and I, th- I do think it's Stormlight around his fist. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I want this... Uh, I,
0: I'm, I'm trying to make it more, but yeah, potentially... You're right, where it's just the simple answer is it's Stormlight. I just found it a little odd um, because, look, people who are becoming Radiant, they're not getting little FaceTime calls with the Stormfather, you know?
1: Would you say that makes Kaladin significant?
0: <laughs> I mean, hes I've heard he's, he's a pretty important character. <laughs> but i mean for for some reason i thought this is when he has the conversation where he gets called the son of ten i was kind of waiting for that but it's actually quite far away um yeah look i get i guess i'm just i'm just saying i'm a little wary that there might be more to this than, than just the Stormfather being like you should stay alive dude you know
1: yeah and we might be uh finding that out in in five I think we're gonna get some Kaladin answers.
0: Some yeah. definitive Kaladin answers in book five. What a what a vague <laughs> st- <laughs> statement that cannot go wrong. How bold. A <laughs> very, very safe play by me. But I think we'll get some, you know, Michael Kaladin chapter next book. <laughs> um but yeah, I feel like Teft dude, he better survive because I want some answers. I feel you, Teft.
1: Yeah, Teft uh Teft knows something's up. You know, and, and and it's interesting that he is like the witness to a lot of these Kaladin moments. And, you know, now he's he's dead. So <laughs> this is where it starts to become a legend almost. Right. Like I know br- yeah. other bridge Four people here, but the, right, the real yeah. eyewitness here is Teft and Teft has passed away. And as the age goes on, it will become those yeah. events will be shaped into different narratives and it'll become legend.
0: Yeah. The legend of Stone Bust. And um his drug addict junky friend theft as as Jimmy would call him.
1: <laughs> yeah. Here's a question.
0: Is he the Jesse
1: Pinkman of Stormlight? <laughs> He's the Jesse Pinkman of Stormlight. <laughs> but here's a question for you. Hmm. We've seen some pretty significant scenes where Liren has done good things for a town and unfortunately he is looked at as somehow as a villain. Right. Do you think that there is a chance (laughs) that Kaladin will be vilified by the people of Roshar at some point and that he will go through that same type of thing his dad did? And then, you know, obviously the people who can comment to like Kaladin's motivations and what his original, you know, his original intent was or or events like Tef being gone will allow people who are bad actors to sway people against Kaladin and then Kaladin becomes an outcast similar to Zeth from his own people.
0: I mean, that have been, see, that's, that plays on one of my most hated things in stories, which is the misunderstanding trope. God, I hate it.
1: Well, I, this isn't even just misunderstanding. It it, it, yeah, was, no, it's it's like, it it can be tied into propaganda. I mean, uh, honestly, it's a lot like, uh, if you think of like Brienne of Tarth in a store, uh, in a storm monarchy, in a song of ice and fire, you know, the actual, mm. if, if you actually think about Brienne's reputation among the public, it's that she's a Kingslayer. Yeah, I know.
0: Oh, and it's but so she sad. didn't do it. No, I, I, I. It's definitely possible. I like what you're saying. It would be an interesting thing you're to paralyzed. play around with. And yeah, the dad, like I said, I want to see Kaladin grow old and have some of these struggles that Lyran had to see how, so how, if what he's learned and how he would take them on. Yeah, but um, I'm just wondering how that would get misconstrued i have like no idea like what would he have to he might do it like he might have to make a difficult choice next book that's like
1: like a greater good situation that people don't understand and then he could be viewed
0: yeah that, that
1: that's kind of what i'm getting at and yeah and then to see Kaladin, you know kind of be cast aside or, or even or you know maybe even past, I, I i don't know i don't know where it goes but there is a part of me that kind of loves the whole like what if in the back back five it's just like, er, like he's an outcast living by himself and people are like we need you and then he has to make that triumphant return he's older you know what i mean like yeah oh yeah comes back and it starts laying away like, people are like you know this person's a really really good radiant and like their powers aren't that great you know what i mean he comes yeah. in and shows everybody how's it how's, how it's done i think that would be of kind of a satisfying of cool. thing to do but yeah, i don't know if that's you know valid i'm just kind of spitballing here it, it's like it's
0: the classic thing we want because they tried it with didn't they try it with luke skywalker and the new star wars? well, well let's not talk didn't about hit that. right yeah let's <laughs> not talk about that. i'm not really a star wars fan but no one is. i know that fell flat
1: no one actually um, likes star wars they just like yelling about it <laughs>
0: i just i just can't do misunderstandings dude i was that was one of the most refreshing things in words of radiance because you know how kaladin and shalan meet under really weird circumstances mm-hmm. and they're super rude to each other and they don't understand like there's some boot involves i forget but they like clarify it very quickly um and there's the thing about I think there's a conversation about her brother, which is clarified very quickly. And I was just so refreshed by that because most stories love the misunderstanding trope. And I remember ever since I was a kid, dude, Toy Story 2, when we get the wrong Buzz Lightyear and there's like a Buzz Lightyear switch, I could never watch it. I would always skip because I just hated that they didn't know it was actually Buzz. I'm like, no, but
1: that's not him. Fascinating. I I like the restriction (laughs) of information. I find it to be interesting.
0: Really? yeah because
1: yeah yeah i mean i have multiple reasons why i like it and it can be done poorly but Mm -hmm. i mean i could argue that my favorite series of all time is literally just a bunch of people not having the right information yeah i think
0: i think i get i mean that's a song of ice and fire right yeah but like it's not it's not so painful in that one that's
1: what i'm saying it could be done well it
0: could definitely be done well um yeah i I, but it's like it's okay (laughs) this is such a weird thing to get stuck on but in toy story 2 it's like clearly not buzz and they're like buzz why are you so different and i'm like come
1: on well also you have to remember that you know it's probably there to frustrate the kid like the 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 audience right like it's it's there to actually buzz yeah just getting upset like that's the intent behind it yeah um yeah i don't even know if it's really been to build like a bunch of tension it's probably there just to frustrate the the viewer yeah and it's also
0: kind of funny now that i've
1: gotten over it, it so <laughs> now you, you've calmed down over the years <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you finally caved in and watched toy story three you're like fine i'll do it fine oh. but i i don't know i just think that the idea of maybe having to make a really tough decision and you know a lot of Kaladin's arc has been him you know do you want to be uh you know a hero or special or whatever Syl says and he says no but i will for them and then like to have him then be vilified for making those sacrifices and decisions could be like I mean, really compelling stuff for him as a character. So I I think it gives him a a relationship or a way to relate, I should say, with Liren. And I have the belief that not everybody, but there are a large portion of us that grow up. And then we start to realize some of the things that frustrate us about our parents. We're like, oh, I get it now. Like once you start getting older, you're like, oh yeah, I understand now. And that might be one of those lessons that sanderson explores with caladin I, I i could be totally wrong i'm probably wrong but just something to think about
0: i like it and I, yeah i mean you you and i have both had that moment with our <laughs> with our families no for sure um speaking of lessons mate yeah i was good killing right I'm just killing it i just you you really
1: gave me the alley right there i'm just done yes. that one chapter 36 the lesson a a, a shallan pov finally thank god Uh, this this epigraph I I I, I'm just gonna let you take it. Uh, but it says taking the Don shard known to bind any creature voidish or mortal. He crawled up the steps crafted for Harold's ten strides tall a piece towards the grand temple above. I mean, we have Harold's ten strides tall a piece. They're perfectly. Uh, I mean, ten of Mm -hmm. them. There's ten books. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Uh, creature voidish or mortal. Why is he crawling up the stairs? He's taking a dawn shard. What is happening in this epigraph, dude? What is this? <laughs> All right.
0: Yeah. Um, okay. Taking the dawn shard. I'm just. I was stuck on the fact that like dawn shards bind any cr- creature, voidish or mortal. What do you think it means by bind? Like
1: you got to take up whatever. Whatever like downsides it has or something. That, that's what I want to know. I mean, I really just feel like this is a bombshell. Like mm. Don Shard in an epigraph? Like what what? <laughs> what is I, happening?
0: I, I need to I need to pull this up. Because I was like for some reason I was convinced that this was about um Nahadon, the guy who wrote The Way of Kings, who's like I walked from Alabama. <laughs> um <laughs> it's it I thought it was him. Um but I think very quickly. I'm realizing I
1: am probably wrong. It says, uh, from the poem of Ista, I have found no more, or I'm sorry, no modern explanation of what these dawn shards are. They seem ignored by scholars though. Talk of them was obviously prevalent among those recording the early mythologies Hmm. and by the way, Dawn shards are real. So it means maybe some of the other stuff in the early mythologies that is written off is also real i mean yeah for sure
0: i I, i'm i'm curious about these steps the steps crafted for heralds 10 strides tall a piece so they're just like jumping up them i mean they're huge grand temple above what's the temple (laughs) i mean yeah that's that's what i'm saying dude yeah like all these locations and and these these structures seem so alien even for roshar like Steps being basically like made giants. Yeah. Right. Oh, 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 we're getting giants. I book five. Oh my God, please. Taking the, I mean, this is huge. Taking the Dawn shard. There's only four in the whole cosmere. So that's crazy. The last, like we've seen, as we know it, the last one on Roshar was in A- Amy up because that's where Risen finds it. So whoever had it has lost it. Huh? Yeah, dude, there's a lot here. This, but there's, I don't I, think we can
1: get anywhere with this, sadly. We like, should circle it and yeah. print it into our brains because this is Matt. This is going to matter This, this might be Cosmere level stuff here.
0: This is like, this is the stuff that's going to be like, you read book 10 and you're like, oh man, the mad lad was writing about it in the way of Kings it's yeah. that kind of stuff 12 years ago at this point mm-hmm. and it's so perfect because big steps in a temple it's hmm. vague enough that you can <laughs> figure it out later sort of thing but yeah we're both just staring at this quote like trying to like suck out some information from it I mean, it's just but interesting I, voidish or mortal is also you know uh-huh. that is interesting so that suggests that um at some point some sort of void creature had had a dawn shard because mm-hmm. they're known that they're, they're known to to bind them so there's obviously been an, an evil an evil uh, owner we know that the dawn shards come with certain restraints usually those of like non-violence they mm-hmm. tend to they tend to nerf you <laughs> um steps crafted for heralds i wonder what this temple is because like you know everyone's worshipping the heralds to some degree what's the temple for
1: taking the dawn shard known to bind any creature voidish or mortal he crawled up the steps crafted for heralds so you can say that it, since it's crafted for the heralds this person like is probably not herald yes
0: yeah, 10 strides call
1: a piece towards the grand temple above <sighs> how far above we could be going also he's going off. up the steps that are crafted for the heralds are there other steps crafted that aren't for the heralds is this a place of meeting in the temple like
0: mm. dude so am i reading this right when it says 10 strides tall a piece each step is like 10 strides tall yes like so yes. How, how how do you crawl up that <laughs> yeah it seems like it take him a while <laughs> Like, how do you, is he
1: slithering up at like a slug? Like, I can't picture this unless he's a giant. I mean, he also doesn't mean that has to be. I mean, it's it, saying known to bind any creature voidish or mortal. What if this yeah, person's in here? Like what if it's yeah. a Kremlin?
0: <laughs> I mean, if anyone's crawling around, it's a Kremlin. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. How'd it take us so And there's some Kremlin
1: you? stuff here in this chapter. I mean, I don't know. I'm just saying it's, it's probably the Kremlin. There is some Kremlin stuff. I've missed it. It's just like talking about rock creatures and stuff. It's not actually oh, okay. anything. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into it, dude. Okay. Um, so this is the, this is the one, this is where Yasna uh, zaps some people trying to attack her. Um, I've been and, waiting for this one. Yeah. And Shalon oh. feels like she might have a chance when she's a bathing attendant, but um, she doesn't take the soul caster at the end. You know, she feels like she almost be found out, but I mean, really it's about Yasna soul Stormlights does all the things and, and, and kills these these people, these perpetrators. So uh, the very first thing that I circled in this was in the opening paragraph uh, where Shalon's reading some of the text. It says these ancient lands were once of the silver kingdoms after all. One must wonder if the great shelled beast lived among them back then, or if the creatures have come to inhabit the wilderness left by humankind's passing. I think that this is kind of interesting because it's wondering about the origin of these things and whether they've been here. Mm-hmm. Um, and like great shelled beast, right? Yeah,
0: it's the um it's the giant like uh what's the word? Um Is he talking about the moving island thing? I I, w- I would assume, but I don't uh, know. But then he's talking about okay the unclaimed hills, these ancient lands, but like the unclaimed hills, I'm guessing he's just, wait, let me pull up the map. <laughs> um, the unclaimed hills, that's, um, that's the, near the shadow plain, isn't it?
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. So he's talking about, he's talking about chasm fiends. That's what he's talking about. Right. Yes. It's gotta be. Yeah. So,
1: okay. Um, Sorry, I've lost my train of thought. What were what, what were we getting at there? <laughs> well, I, I was just saying that there were shelled creatures. That maybe it was a giant Kremlin. I, I honestly was kind of just joking around. Oh, um, okay, sorry. <laughs> I was letting you go down. I thought maybe the, you'd be able the to. Clock. But here, <laughs> the clock. The clock struck one o'clock, guys. Here's the one thing, though, that is interesting, and it's probably nothing, but I'm going to mention it anyway. Anyways. Um, humid air warm around here and then multiple times we talk about how warm it was warm when it entered it was kept heated by fabril set to the sides of the pool and i just thought it was interesting that he immediately opens up with shallan being warm as kaladin has been cold the last two chapters oh yeah that's a yeah good yeah good. I, I i'm probably looking too much into it but like no, that, I don't that know. Seems, yeah
0: i mean it's a nice
1: little contrast isn't it um now, what about the Natan people? The Natan people, with their plate, uh, pale bluish skin, wide noses, and wool like white hair, in exchange for gifts of food, they'd point us to the hunting grounds of great shells. Um, you know, this is, he's talking about the natives. and Yeah, so what people.
0: I like, yeah, I highlighted all, all of, I actually, <laughs> unlike the other two, the vacuuming was done by this point, and I could uh, actually read. And I highlighted all of these notes uh, from Gabalas Thing, right? And Mm -hmm. what, what I started to think, like, we've got these Natanatan people with their blue skin. Then I collect, I connected it to Axies, the collector with his blue skin, even though he's from Amia. Ooh. And I just started to think, is this blue skin version of people, were they actually native to Roshar? and They're not the people from Ashen, the other planet.
1: That's what I'm wondering.
0: Yeah. So like, as well as the Pashindi, perhaps these are the like native, another native race. Right. Um,
1: that, that seems to check out, to be honest. Yeah. And it's interesting that they're being mentioned. Like, could it be one of them that's taking the Dawn shard up to the grand temple? Like where do they play in this, this big battle that happened all these years ago? And like, why don't we see them in more places? We we barely ever see them. That's what I'm saying. It seems like they're reserved. I just, I don't know. It seems odd. It seems significant.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting because he, he he talks about them in almost like a similar vein to like the Parshendi. Mm-hmm. Um, it says Natanatan bordered Alothella to the north. So they were right there. Um, let's see, in current day Roshar, the land that formerly comprised Natanatan now includes the unclaimed helm, the Shattered Plains. So it's like, yeah, there were people living there too, especially with um, Axis the Collector it feels like there's an additional magical element. Like, they mm-hmm. could be a whole different thing. or Like, they might not be f- fully human. Yeah, um, it absolutely could be. Oh, yeah. There's this connection to, like, it says, Hoyt tells a folktale about the blue moon Nomon con- conceiving a child with the Natan queen, resulting in blue-skinned descendants who were blessed by poison beauty. In fact, the Natan people are human-seer-amian hybrids. Oh, there we go. We've got the answer. So they're a hybrid between humans and the the axis, the collectors race. Interesting, giving them their blue skin and an increased lifespan. Huh. Let's see. This seems to be a um, Sanderson, a Words of Brandon moment. Um. Someone asked, uh, either blue skinned um, Natan's or blue veined. Uh, I mean, there's another race, human Amian hybrids, and Brandon Sanderson said yes. Okay, so so Amians are a separate race who have mingled with humans, who have produced these people. (laughs) Yeah, but yeah, the rest is Gavilar just being like, "Oh my god, Parsh men have culture. What's (laughs) going
1: on? These savages want to talk. What?
0: (laughs) Yeah, and like we learn that there's like the undertext whenever it's. When, whenever it text is written, women write down the bottom, like how stupid their husbands were, and, uh, and like clarifying certain things. Yeah. Um, and, she, and Yasna noted that, like, Gabler didn't even mention half of this stuff. Like, she had to kind of be like, hey, go back to that point. That was pretty important. Like, he didn't see the importance in any of this when he was recounting mm. these times. Um, and uh, it was the bit about the the sh- the um shard blades because they they get stuck on this thing by like he was interested in it for their shard blades but they weren't certain and i uh, like yes yeah, they couldn't be certain and i you know we know that Gavilar was obviously you know he'd read ahead he's obviously quite knowledgeable um yeah like what was he getting out of all this is my question
1: yeah and how did this inform his movements later right like this mm. had, to, had had all play into to kind of where he ended up I would imagine
0: yeah it says King Gavlar originally ignored these strange self-sufficient parchment it was only after explanation by his scholars and scribes that he understood the import of what they discovered what he discovered Um, and Yazan's like yeah no, no, no hate on my dad but he's like an, he's like a warrior so he wouldn't think about culture but I don't know I don't know maybe he was just too busy like trying to be a herald or something
1: oh it absolutely could be that
0: yeah or 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 on the flip side it might just be too early in his like career down the rabbit hole and 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 that's the
1: thing we don't know the initial the initial jump down that rabbit hole right
0: Mm, yeah when did yeah when yeah exactly Mm. when did he get the pamphlet you know yeah how to become a herald. Um, so it's, um, here we go. So it said that the, one of the Pashendi held out their hand in a suspicious way. And then Gavala was like, Hey, they've got shards. And now he's interested because he was obviously summoning a blade, which is very curious. And obviously what the, what, uh, humans, humans care about. Yeah. Look, there's a, I apologize, guys.
1: It's getting kind of late in the night. I just want to jump to the Yasna stuff. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. No, absolutely. I mean, the Gavilar stuff, You it, know, it, it's hard to speculate on because we just don't know everything about him yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that's probably the mystery that's going to keep on giving, uh, especially book five. So uh, we'll probably have more context for that. But yeah, Yasna, uh, just kind of going girl boss in the, in this chapter, huh?
0: I mean, this, (laughs) like I said, this book just decides to get, I mean, look, we've been interested the whole time, but this is like the moment where he's like, dude, I ain't playing with this book. Okay. (laughs) Crazy things are going to happen. And the Yasna thing I'm getting a whole new appreciation for, I found this thread earlier, but I, you know, obviously wanted to save it for this chapter. And, you know, we, we know the mechanics of soul casting a lot better now these days, that you're kind yeah. of convincing objects to change um so someone broke down why Yasna turns these guys into certain things and instead of paraphrasing i'm going to read a bit of this reddit thread which is just bloody brilliant what he this guy's pointed out so five years ago people this community is the best all right so First, she soul casts the person coming at her. This is the first time she's shown as a threat, so her target has no idea as what's about to happen. All he knows is he's going to kill this woman and take her money. In other words, he wants power through destruction. So she gives him that by making him flame. Glorious. The next one. Next, as the thieves try to flee, one of them trips in his escape. He fails to get away because he's too weak. He wants the strength to survive. So she turns him into diamond known for its durability. Um, or whatever it is, whatever gem she turns him into. Finally, she soul casts the two running away in the opposite direction. They don't care about each other. It's every man for himself right now. They just want to escape to be free to get away. So she gives them freedom in the form of turning them into smoke. Um, that's awesome. Like that's great that's a do you think that's totally intentional there with the magic system
1: man it does it it, it feels like it's too yeah i do i mean it's sanderson and you know yeah. we, we obviously yeah we obviously know he takes uh, how seriously he takes these things and he plans every single thing out so i, I i'm gonna venture to say yes i think it is intentional it's very and cool
0: it's cool because it's like it's mixing with their their mindset or whatever to to I guess. Like, imagine getting convinced out of existence. That's pretty sad. Um, (laughs) You
1: can convince me. uh. (laughs) Oh
0: no! (laughs) Flash forward. I'm just laying the leather bound down again. Uh, But um, what is weird to me is that, like, I don't see again with with this being so far removed from reading this. But like, she touched the first guys. But uh, to soul cast them. But the last guy, she like shoots out stormite at them to s- turn them into smoke, which I found to be significant because I'm fairly sure you need some contact to soul cast stuff. Or at least as far as we've seen it, you need to be touching something.
1: Yeah, I believe that that is the case. Yes. So.
0: I suppose Yasna's just got some like high level
1: abilities, you know? Yeah, I mean, she has a head start on a lot of people.
0: Yeah, in I think that's all day. it is. She's, she's at a higher, um, what's the higher word? level uh, for me. Yeah, yeah, but what's the word in this series? I should know this. Uh, and Like the third ideal or the fourth ideal is where she's at. Mm-hmm. Um, the only other curious thing I found in this chapter, actually that's maybe a couple, but um, uh, when she's talking mm-hmm. about Shalan having the idealism of youth wanting one simple answer for everything, Mm-hmm. When she says there must be some single all-defining truth,
1: truth was capitalized, which I found weird. And truth is something we're going to be talking about in book five, is it not? It is.
0: But why is it capitalized here when it's not about It's We're not in the truthless world. She's just talking about truth in like a general way. So why is it
1: capitalized? And remember, we're reading some sort of like history of this world right like isn't that kind of the idea is that someone's writing this down yeah to us
0: uh yeah what's been translated to us i think is right so someone,
1: whoever translated it knew that truth had to be a like a
0: thing because there was like that. um fortune was a thing right fortune was mm-hmm. capitalized i suppose maybe truth is also like some sort of thing in the cosmic i don't know that was just interesting to me unless my ebook is glitching it was capitalized um I think Yasna is just a bit of a mad lad with this lesson. She's like, you know what? I'm sick of books. Let's go kill some folk. <laughs>
1: like- I think she's showing that, uh, you know, scholarly activities do not uh, limit themselves to just the uh, books and pushing papers. It's uh, you sometimes you got to get out there and get your hands on it, you know? <laughs>
0: yeah. I mean, I don't remember any scholarly adventures such as this, but I mean Yasna's an interesting she's got her she's got an interesting she, method.
1: Yeah, so she has her own methods, dude. Don't, Certainly don't um
0: <laughs> knows how to grab her students' attention. But it's, <laughs> yeah, I mean it's what it's what was needed to push Shalan to um to do it, to like to go the extra mile and, and take the soul caster.
1: And it also just makes you you know, think about the fact that, you know, Yasna didn't take on any understudies really because she didn't have time and she's doing this thing. And then she decides to take on Shallan, who seems like an uncanny candidate. And then at the same time is like showing her all of this craziness, like kind of goes back to the fact that that like did Yasna know more about Shallan's family and lineage.
0: And I guess the final thing to mention is Shallan's notebook with our little Kremlin additions down the bottom there
1: yeah she uh i like how she like zooms in on a shell snail oh no she's looking at the like little claws at the Kremlin claws it's it's interesting
0: yeah the kremlings are looking real sus i think which one (laughs) i i think i'm the one on the right with all the legs i agree you've got like the pincers you you, because you got those wrestling yeah i'm aggressive yeah yeah Yeah, look at that that shoulder width there (laughs) yeah look at at
1: that taper my god (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> and i'm just like delving into something in the corner i'm like oh what's this over here yeah yeah, Nerd. For sure. yeah. <laughs> and uh, i guess this is i mean i'm on the ebook at the moment i don't have my physical copy next to me but all i guess we get the the snail and i suppose this is like the gardens around
1: like colonel right yeah and then the, it's showing off shale bark which is interesting because it looks like there's almost like a reflection like it almost I almost feel like you're like looking into the shades mar <laughs> when you when you look down into that like puddle thing
0: yeah like the details of the shell bark with like the little is it i wonder if it's like little life sprint or something it, it just looks very portal like to me yeah it does it does yeah um you've got the little bench there i guess this is like Oh, I wonder what, what, what that statue is. I've never really thought about that statue. Um,
1: There's statues so the spread- on top of
0: the uh, of the dome as well. There, yeah, right. So the one, the one, the first one, right? It's holding a spear and a book. Is that what I'm gathering? Yes. And the one on top is like pointing to the sky with this. Probably pointing like a, towards
1: westward, towards honor. Oh,
0: see, these are the, this is the best part of the podcast because I never really. I was just like, oh, yeah, ecology, coral, (laughs) coral out of water. Um, But, yeah, I think think that's about it for this week. I I apologize for the slow brain, guys, but I've stayed up for this one. This is as good as it's
1: going to get. Yeah, uh, many sacrifices were made to bring you this episode, uh, <laughs> and, and uh, we hope you enjoy it. Uh, good, good batch of chapters though. We uh, we had a good Kaladin chapter, uh, two good Kaladin chapters, and a great Shalon one as always. So uh, next week, I think we'll probably end up doing three again because one of the chapters is like three pages. So yeah. uh, you know we're gonna be getting uh, another two from Kaladin, a little bit from Teft in one of those, and then of course uh, another Shalon uh, banger.
0: Yeah, these. I think we're slowly turning into a a three-chapter-a-week kind of show. As long as we stay under those 40 pages, like you said. I'm feeling good about it. Um, But yeah, everybody, as always, thank you for joining us on this episode of Lost in Rosha. Remember, the most important chapter a man can read is the next one. We'll see you next week to dive into chapters 37, 38, and 39.
1: If you enjoyed this episode of the podcast, be sure to leave us a review on whichever platform you listen on. And if you have any theories, feel free to span read us at lostinroshar at gmail.com. We'll see you next time on Lost in Roshar, and remember to keep that safe hand covered.